and welcome once again to Yester Ladies. I am Dana. And I'm Heather. And this week we are talking about... The bikini. The bikini. Although actually it's really kind of more the history of women's swimwear. Overall. Overall. Yes. Because you kind of have to like explain some stuff before you get to the bikini. This is true. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't uh, appear out of nowhere no. at a moment of time. No, it didn't go from like the bathing gown to the bikini. <laughs> that would have been wonderful. If it it really would have. <laughs> next season, almost no clothes. <laughs> yeah, that's a big shift. So, okay, what was funny though, right? Because when we were discussing picking this topic, mm-hmm. um, we were joking about, uh, you said something to me about like, or you texted me about like, oh, well, ha ha, what do you bet? There's like a, like ancient precedent for the bikini. And I was like, oh, ha ha, LOL, Heather. <laughs> I think I was suggesting that ancient Egyptians would have right, you swam did. You, in bikinis. You specifically said in the Nile. Egyptians, yes. Yes. Whereas I haven't seen anything about Egyptians, no. but of course, as soon as we started looking into it, it was like, oh no, the Greeks and Romans <laughs> definitely had like bikinis, <laughs> even though Hooray. they didn't call them that yet. Hooray. Well, you were teasing me because it was a very modern topic for me to choose. Oh, yes. And then I said, oh, no, no. I'm sure there is a historical precedent. Ancient bikinis. And you were right. As loath as I am to admit it, (laughs) you were right. (laughs) So I guess starting. Yes. So starting with them. So uh, there's evidence of bikinis being worn by ladies uh, as far back as sort of around the third century AD and probably before that, but this is when we have archaeological evidence of it. That's when they uh, produced the mosaics. Right. (laughs) It's sort of this early swim, uh, uh, sports illustrated swimsuit edition. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, Really, right? I know. I thought it was some of the connotations. What, what, like, Roman guy in his villa was like, make me a mural of all women frolicking in their well, bikinis. And interestingly, I was reading about this that, like, um, athletics and female athletics were kind of associated with eroticism and prostitutes because they would have, like, mosaics of prostitutes exercising. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I guess they're conflated. <laughs> like, healthy exercising plus whoring around (laughs) so when guys are watching you at the gym this is like very very ancient behavior (laughs) so the next time you feel weird being watched by the men with the weights in the gym just know this goes way back it doesn't (laughs) make me feel any better no it does not (laughs) you're just part of a long line of women putting up with this through the centuries yes (laughs) yes um so so the evidence that we have uh are mainly from mosaics um so part of the greco-roman history was i'm gonna let you these. say where they okay. were discovered oh i didn't write down the oh, whole name because oh, i didn't no, i, have I didn't even it. want to try pronouncing oh, it um, i was gonna make you do it but it was in sicily so these right. mosaics were discovered in sicily at the villa romana and this is where i run into trouble del casale Casale? I don't know. Casale? Casale? I don't know. Italian friends, help us out. Ramona del Casale. Yes. Casale. Si. Yeah. (laughs) I think that sounds right. (laughs) So, in Sicily. In Sicily. In the 1950s. That's what you need to know. Um, So, and they were really fun. It was like ladies sort of frolicking. And they all had um, bandeau style tops. So, there were no triangle tops. um, Which makes sense, right? If you're kind of binding yourself. I imagine they would have had to bind it kind of tight because well, we, we wouldn't have stretchy fabrics. We've talked about, um, I mean, in women's undergarments, mm-hmm. that these were also kind of considered somewhat precursors to bras. 
um, these, yeah, like banjo, basically just fabric wrapped around the chest. Yeah, I and think then, there would have been so much overlap. It would have been hard to really know. Like, are they frolicking in their underwear? Are they frolicking in this swim <laughs> outfit? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it all sort of would have been the same thing. Yeah. So, yes. And uh, and then very bikini-looking bottoms. Mm-hmm. Like, they looked exactly... With, with and they yes. really are like modern bikinis because their navels are showing. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize when I first started researching this and I was looking and thinking like, well, there were bikinis before the supposed invention of bikinis in 1946 because I'd seen two-piece bathing suits that showed the midriff before then. But as it turns out, we will get to this later, there is a key difference, and I've kind of already given it away. But (laughs) we'll get to that when we get to 1946. Yes. Yes. So we were seeing true bikinis, the style of a true bikini in the historical uh, record. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, also in Pompeii, archaeologists discovered a statue of the goddess Venus and she was wearing a bikini as well. So we have mosaic and statuary evidence of the bikini existing long before the 20th uh, century. Yes, the 20th century. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> now you so, know. Yeah, now you know. There's nothing new under the sun. That's very right. As a few right. websites pointed out. Yes. Yes, multiple use <laughs> yes. that phrase. Yes, I was like, ha, 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 That's fantastic. Um, so basically though, between antiquity <laughs> yes. and... Um, kind of modern the modern period uh swimming and bathing suits were really not a thing until the 18th century which i didn't real i mean i guess when you stop to think about it yeah you don't really think of people in medieval england swimming <laughs> yeah. um, and the, they, surf, the surfs in the surf yeah exactly <laughs> Oh my God, Heather. That's amazing. I knew there was a reason you were my friend. Oh, the surfs and the surf. That's a t shirt. It is a t shirt. Little surfs in the surf. Monty Python esque. Oh dear. Fantastic. If we create that, we will sell it on a merchandise page. We will link to that. That would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. We need to commission Kate Beaton. Yes. Oh, yeah. She could could do that. She could do it very well. So anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, so they, they weren't swimming in medieval England. <laughs> no surfing. Um, and apparently, in kind of the early Christian and like through the medieval period, like swimming was like not something that was encouraged or <laughs> looked upon as anything good. So there was no need for any swimwear. Um, but then, uh, kind of in the 18th century, so the 1700s, uh, swimming. I guess maybe not so much swimming, especially for women, as bathing, mm. sea bathing became more of a thing. Um, and you read about, you know, like in Jane Austen novels, right? When they talk about bath and people going and, mm-hmm. and taking the waters at bath, which included uh, sea bathing. Um, so they've, I think that's when they first started actually mm-hmm. designing and people started wearing clothing meant for swimming or right. at least like immersion in the water. Immersion in the water. <laughs> yes. Although as we were noting just before we started, um, funnily enough, these these swimming costumes were, they look like, it was basically just a it dress. It just looked like a dress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like full length, ankle length, long sleeved, high necked, like wool dresses <laughs> often with bonnets with bonnets yes. with matching bonnets yes. of course and shoes and shoes yeah. <laughs> i'm surprised they didn't have gloves to be honest yeah well that, that's the uh that's the shocking yes. part of it yeah. oh, see her hands no gloves. the flesh of her hand <laughs> uh so as you can imagine that probably wouldn't have been a super great 
outfit for swimming. Right. right. <laughs> and I think at that point, especially in Bath and in places with medicinal baths, it was about health, right? It was right. about like for, for medicinal purposes. So it, you weren't really going in to vigorously move about. So as long as you could just immerse yourself and g- gain the benefits of the water and then leave again also, you don't go too far okay. out because oh, if God. you're not a strong swimmer that wool dress is gonna pull drag you, you down <laughs> pull you under yeah. Yeah. can you imagine if you oh, get God. into trouble like in in the open water or, or like if a like branch that? snags yeah. your skirt there would be there would just be, be so much flowing fabric it would be awful not safe no not safe <laughs> no, i agree <laughs> your bonnet will fill with air and keep you afloat <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why they had the bonnet. <laughs> no, um, so right, so 18th century bathing gown meant basically just a dress. Um, by the 19th century, uh, they actually started getting a little more practical, and movement became a little bit easier because they started putting um, drawers, or later what became known as bloomers, yes. underneath what was still essentially a dress, albeit a shorter dress. So you, it might be a dress kind of to the knees, um, and they kind of gradually got shorter. But under that, at least you had these kind of um, bifurcated garments yes. that made it a little bit easier to to actually move in. I'm still like lots and lots and lots of fabric, and far still, too much yeah, far too much fabric, far too heavy, yeah, still long sleeves, high neck, <laughs> matching hat. Matching hat. <laughs> I thought what a difference that would make to not have the long skirts because mm. that would tangle between your legs so annoyingly really couldn't do anything but as long as it's above your knees the problem is reduced yeah exactly so you can really see the efficiency of this outfit coming through for for motion in the water yeah Yeah. it would make actually swimming a little bit more practical and a little bit easier and it's funny that in some styles we've never really gotten rid of the skirt like skirted bathing suits are still a thing so it's funny that they're they're just vestigial now (laughs) (laughs) or serve a different purpose two inches yeah two inches of ruffle (laughs) vestigial (laughs) i'm gonna say that the next time i'm wearing a skirted bikini this is my vestigial skirt. <laughs> that is great. Um, right. So by the by the mid nineteenth century, uh, they were kind of slowly loosening up a bit, mm. and they kind of nixed the long sleeves, so they might be little short sleeves, and the bloomers were getting shorter, so you mm. might still be wearing stockings, <laughs> but uh, you could actually see the shape of the calf. Whoa. Oh my goodness! Whoa! <laughs> yes. Shocker. <laughs> Uh, so the bloomers were getting shorter, the sleeves were getting shorter, uh, the neckline perhaps is maybe getting a little bit a little bit lower. Um, but it's you know basically still bloomers with a dress type tunic type type thing over top, still quite a lot of fabric um, until the basically the turn of the 20th century um, when women actually like for real swimming <laughs> as <laughs> like, a sport as a sport yeah. and like for athletic purposes right. for health for you know all of that stuff became more of a thing and in 1907 in particular a woman named Annette Kellerman who was an Australian um athlete and performer um kind of started a big trend by being arrested on a beach in Boston for wearing her just absolutely outrageously scandalous uh, uh, self-made costume, which was basically, uh, it's, to me, it, it looked like or it sounded like a scuba suit, like right. sleeveless yeah. with still a fairly high neck, but kind of a scoop neck. Um, and from what I gathered, the photos I kept seeing were of like shorts 
short length um, bottoms, but apparently the first one was like ankle length. So she was basically wearing long pajamas <laughs> or like long underwear without right. like long sleeves, but um, form fitting. And um, so this was this was scandalous enough to get her arrested in Boston for indecency. And this kicked off a whole public debate and awareness. And eventually that meant loosening of decency laws. Mm. And this was when these kind of form fitting suits started taking off and becoming the norm. Mm. Um, And it was largely thanks to Annette Kellerman. Go Annette. I'm I'm impressed that that issue caused a loosening of laws because sometimes you'll see the opposite where someone will do something scandalous and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the rules surrounding whatever that behavior is are tightened sort of in response to that. So it's refreshing to hear that they weren't like, oh, no, 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 you know, make it more conservative. Yeah. They were like, oh, okay. Like, you know, eventually. I'm yeah. sure that wasn't the response and I, immediately. I imagine that's partly because swimming as a sport, uh, an athletic pursuit for women, had become and was becoming more of a normal thing. And I think any reasonable person looking at the kind of the older bathing costumes would say, okay, yeah, maybe the bloomers and the skirt and the the bob cap are super practical for swimming laps. I can see how this like aerodynamic form fitting ensemble is probably better. Right. (laughs) Yes. Practical. So I'd also like to point out here that at this time period, the beginning of the 1900s, uh, starts the modern Olympics and swimming and uh, women swimming at this time means that women need much more aerodynamic bathing suits. And so it really kind of legitimizes women swimming and wearing this kind of outfits. And we notice this big shift between like, it, it looks sort of like a dress to, okay, now it looks like a wetsuit or, yeah. or a more modern sports bathing suit today. So um, women's swimming teams were competing and, uh, and what they're wearing, I could I could imagine myself swimming in that and and feeling relatively comfortable and relatively a modern swimming, like sport swimming experience. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, encumbered. Right. And we were going through this slideshow of all the older bathing costumes. And then I get to that and I was like, okay, (laughs) I can, I can see wearing that. This would work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This would work for me. Just Um, Yeah. I just wanted to, to add that, um, so my note here, I have that female swimming was first allowed in 1912 at the Summer Olympics. And I think the next year, uh, Carl Jansen, which mm-hmm. I, <laughs> oh, hey, that's a name. It's a brand name I know. <laughs> swimsuits, Jansen, uh, introduced the first two-piece functional uh, bathing suit. Mm-hmm. And I mean, two-piece just in the fact that like it was two pieces. <laughs> the pieces were separate, but yeah, overlapping. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. So basically yeah. like a, like a short sleeve or, or sleeveless tunicky thing mm-hmm. with like shorts basically underneath. It basically looked like a tank top and volleyball shorts yeah. for our <laughs> listeners. Like if you were to wear that, that's what these ladies were wearing Yeah, for the, yes. But it caused quite a scandal oh, when it came yes. out because it was two separate pieces and, uh, and very revealing because it was form fitting. So you can see her knees. <laughs> <laughs> Heavens to Betsy. Oh dear. <laughs> yes. Um, right. So kind of in the same period and like, as you're getting into the twenties, of course, this was the era, uh, where movies, films first became a thing and took off. And this was one of the things as pop culture always does and always has done, um, this helped to kind of popularize these modern bathing suits. So along with, yeah, the Olympics and women actually participating in athletic swimming, um, you had at the same time pop stars um modeling and showing these more 
modern uh, mm. bathing suits. Kind of pushing fashion boundaries. Exactly, yes. as they always do. Um, so the 20s, we saw rayon tight-fitting suits, basically in the same style as we just mentioned, um, made popular by Carl Jansen. Um, and uh, I love that, like, so rayon, like, you know, it, it allowed for, like, a tighter-fitting suit, but I guess it, 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 to me, I always, when you see pictures, I'm like, oh, gosh, they look like they would really sag in water, which <laughs> yes. apparently was a problem. Yes. Um, and durability, I guess, was an issue, too. So sometimes, I guess, they would make them out of jersey or silk as well. Um, and then, so by the 30s, you're seeing more what we would think of as a modern kind of one piece mm. bathing suit with lower necklines, um, you know, the higher, uh, higher cut at the hip mm-hmm. as opposed to the shorts. So the whole leg exposed, um, mm. and just again, like tighter and tighter, um, especially as like, uh, different materials were emerging, um, you know, that maybe didn't sag as much or <laughs> <laughs> a little, a little less, uh, a little less water retention. <laughs> <laughs> I always think what a diaper butt you would get wearing wearing those outfits. Like, God, that's terrible fabric. I always think of those when you see, um, they, they were so popular in the 60s, those kind of like crocheted bathing yes, suits. Yes, yes. Wouldn't they just be, I mean, sure, before you get in the water, they look really look adorable, fabulous, but right. <laughs> wouldn't they just be completely heavy and I mean, saggy? Bathing suits sag enough when they're filled with water anyway. Mm-hmm. And we have modern stretchy fabrics that... It just seems like a recipe for disaster. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And then uh, kind of another factor in here. So there were kind of a number of things that were leading to the popularity of these smaller, tighter bathing suits. And part of that was in the 20s and 30s, sunbathing becoming an actual thing. Mm, Yes. Um, And people like Coco Chanel helped popularize the suntanned look and so of course if you want to get a tan you maybe want to get as much of a tan as possible so you want a smaller suit and the idea of straps that could be kind of you know pulled down over the shoulder so that you could you know avoid tan lines tan lines yes yeah yes absolutely um so now we start getting into the time period where the bikini makes its appearance well but as i mentioned there were so we had mentioned the two-piece suits that were like the t-shirt yes shorts combo um and by the 30s, as, again, we're seeing bathing suits more like what we would call right. a bathing suit I would say today. the silhouette of the one piece hasn't changed. St- has not changed. Yeah. Right. And exactly. because retro styles are kind of coming back yeah. in right now, we're seeing almost identical. Like, mm-hmm. when you look at the ads, you're thinking, I, I, like, I own suits like that. Or I, I know too. friends yeah. I know yeah. friends who order that kind of mm-hmm. style of bathing suit, and you're like, that's adorable. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, so cute. Yeah, like, yeah, the lower, like right. lower rise on the leg, and yeah. the, like, you know, kind of the sweetheart Yeah, sweetheart neckline. neckline and, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're they're quite nice they're super cute really the one piece hasn't changed since that time period um but by the in the 30s um and up until the 1946 and afterwards we were seeing two piece what we would kind of you would look at and think oh okay yeah that's a bikini and we see again like you say they're coming back as well the higher Mm. cut uh bikini bottom that like covers the navel um i have one actually (laughs) um there's yeah they're like retro and super cute so but those are not technically bikinis because they cover the navel Ah. so do you want to Take it away and right. give us the main event, Heather. <laughs> so uh, now that they're not showing just a sliver of waistline, which is very today, right? Like that sort of upper rib. Yeah, it's just a few yes. inches of, yes, of, of upper like, midriff. Midri- yeah, midriff or rib. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so now we get the true 
bikini and um i have jacques heim is he the first one you have down because i have jacques heim and there were two competitors sort Mm -hmm. of back to back in two years in 1946 and 1947 you know what i just thought of one thing that we should interject that we should interject um kind of leading up to this period and this is i mean this is we should say this is 1946 that the bikini makes its appearance um so this is of course right after world World war ii and part of what was leading to smaller and smaller bathing suits was wartime shortages. So fabrics just, there weren't as much of them. And of course they were putting, um, Oh, what did they call rations on fabrics? And I guess, I don't know if it was like an actual ration mandate that like (laughs) women's bathing suits were like reduced by 10%. So (laughs) that's part of why bathing suits were getting smaller. And of course that's true of all, fashion in that yes. period yes. Shor- uh, skirts were getting shorter suits men's suits were getting um, narrower and, yeah. and less fabric yes. yeah everything was getting more streamlined partly because mm-hmm. of wartime rationing which yes. I, that's like one of my favorite historical <laughs> facts because it's like it's like you know world war ii history and it's fashion and it's just i love that something so practical and so like world event had mm-hmm. such an impact on style and right I love that. And even if there wasn't rationing, fabric was more expensive. So you're trying to save costs as well. You know, even if it's not like a legal mandate you're trying to meet, you're also, it's, it's more economical. It's cheaper. Smaller. Exactly. And one other thing. Mm -hmm. So also in 1946, I don't know if this was before or after the bikini made its appearance, but there was some company put out, um, a two piece bathing suit. So they were definitely getting more scandalous and smaller. And, uh, this company put out a bathing suit. Did you read this called the midnight boy? What? No. Oh, dear. It's a midnight boy spelled, you know, uh, as in like, B-O-U-R. yeah, B-O-U-Y or whatever, a nautical boy, because it was a two-piece suit and the, the bottom had a cork buckle. Oh. And the idea was that the top could be like attached to this cork buckle when you, it, it took me a minute to like figure out what they were talking about. And the idea was you would take off your mm, bathing suit and attach the top to the bottom. And then because of the cork, it would float. So great for like midnight skinny dipping basically. <laughs> and that was the whole point. <laughs> That's a wonder. Nocturnal erotic swimming adventure. Very scandalous. It is very scandalous. scandalous even today. I, I know. know that. And it was like marketed with like that wow. in mind. That the was its purpose. Skinny this... dipping outfit. Yeah. We need to bring that back. That <laughs> well, would... you wouldn't lose yeah. it. You wouldn't and... lose it. It would float around. As long as it didn't float away. Right. Like, to keep an eye on it. Wow. I know. That's Isn't that great? Was that French? Was that a French thing? Um, the, at this point, they're all coming know. out of France. I don't think so. Maybe, seems though. Like it would be French. It does seem oh, French. Yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the same year as right. the bikinis. <laughs> so, so um, like I mentioned before, there were two French designers who were sort of competing um, back to back in back-to-back years. Uh, no, to, wasn't it the same year? Uh, they I were have, both in 1946, I thought. I have 1946 for Jacques Heim, and I have 1947 for Louis Riard. Oh, okay. But you have 1946 for both. That's so. what I had gathered, but it's, okay. I think if you got a more specific uh, um, date, then okay. we'll, we'll within, go with that. <laughs> within this year or two, listeners, <laughs> this, this was all going on. Okay, so the very, I would say, first true bikini was introduced by Parisian designer Jacques Heim in 1946. And he debuts 
a bathing suit called the atom or in french the atom <laughs> it has an e on the end that's how i was saying it in my head atom. I, atom. <laughs> I feel we should pronounce that differently to reflect its french nature um and because you know atoms are so tiny and this bathing the suit is also known particle exactly. matter. Oh, such a, a pun a bathing suit named pun you can totally tell this is like the post-war nuclear age being clever or, yeah. with science and, yeah and the uh i loved the line from one of the pieces that we read um, talking about how in the forties, a, a gorgeous woman, a sexy woman was a bombshell. Yes. And the whole idea of this, like kind of a little bit odd linking of <laughs> like the atom bomb and <laughs> nuclear efforts and all of that with, uh, sex appeal, I guess. Destructive beauty. <laughs> yes, yes. Destructive beauty. beauty. <laughs> yeah. But I also think it made sense because they were splitting the atom and now they were splitting the bathing suit into oh, two. So very whoa. clever. Very true. Whoa. Very yes. true. And they marketed it as the world's smallest swimsuit. Uh, but then right on his heels came Louis Riard. Uh, he was also Parisian. He was an engineer, which I yeah. find it funny. He was an automotive engineer, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but he happened to be working at the time running his mom's lingerie shop in Paris. Which I, know, I want to know that story. <laughs> I want to know the backstory. How did he end up doing that? <laughs> his mom's like, oh, dear. Dear Louis, I need you to run the store for a short time. And here he is tinkering around with women's undergarments and like bathing suits and stuff. So uh so this is great so he debuts an even smaller uh bikini and this one only used 30 inches of fabric to produce and uh, he names it after bikini atoll in the pacific where the nuclear trials were happening and the first atom bomb tests were going off uh so it was in the news it was a very sort of current name and he he wanted to associate it i think with like the idea like it as explosive (laughs) as the atom bomb which it it kind of was yeah actually (laughs) one of the articles said um that it was almost more so socially speaking because i think at this point people were used to the idea of these you know crazy bombs mm. um whereas the bikini was it was quite a bombshell <laughs> on a woman's in, body yeah oh my god <laughs> and it hasn't stopped being one ever yes. since yes so um and he he actually couldn't find uh, a, a, a sort of a regular woman i guess i should say he i was having trouble finding women who would be willing to wear this or model yeah, the it for regular him. models were not uh, having it right they were just not interested so he ended up having to find a showgirl who i believe was was dancing nude in mm-hmm. reviews or shows in paris uh, her name was micheline bernardini and she debuted the suit at a paris pool a public pool and i guess i can only imagine how many heads would have turned oh, yes. when she shows up with especially this. since uh, it's funny seeing the the photo mm-hmm. of her um, modeling that suit. It's kind of shocking because basically it was a string bikini, right? Which I associate with a much later yes. period. Like I feel like you didn't really see people wearing string bikinis mm-hmm. until like mm-hmm. the eighties. Yes, and the and the hip. Um, yes, very high, cut. very high cut on the hip. It yep. looked it looked like an eighties string bikini yes. rather than what you would have associated with the forties, the late nineteen forties, right? Yeah. So I, I too was like, whoa, yeah, it <laughs> I was way little, ahead of its time. You know, it was yeah. unexpected, and I was a little shocked. Yeah, and so I can, I mean, bikinis turn heads on beaches today, especially on the on the right lady. Um, but I can only imagine the reaction when the she shock, shows up yeah. at this public pool. So, and again, we should just point out that mm-hmm. the the difference between um, the earlier regular two piece bathing suit mm-hmm. and the new bikini was basically the biggest difference was that you could see the navel, right? And that was what I love this. That that is what shocked everybody. <laughs> and apparently, because I guess it was it was such a shocking thing because it was in the like film 
standards and regulations about mm. movies what could, like the decency laws regarding regarding um movies um were that a, a woman's navel couldn't be shown hmm. so you know bare skin above and you know i guess below the the breasts was was okay but navel's not cool and it reminds me of um i mean still as late as like the 60s when i dream of genie was on and i remember i've heard more than once that the censors the network censors her barbara eden's original costume design was for her her pants to ride low on the hips below her belly button and uh they the censors weren't having it and <laughs> made them modify the the pants so Whoa. that those pants go over her navel which if you watch the show you will see uh, that they uh they cover her they belly cover, button oh, mm-hmm. i'll have to check that out the next time i see a yeah. still or a clip from the show huh i wonder what it is about the navel because we don't usually think of it as a very sexualized part of the woman's well, not anymore. body not anymore right but and, i guess at the time i don't know yeah, but like still... things weird body parts on women have been <laughs> always weirdly been, right sexualized throughout yeah. history yes. right like ankles were a thing <laughs> back in the day so yeah. it really is like victorian ankle porn if you, if yeah. you look that up it's like it's a thing <laughs> so which just sounds like the saddest thing sad. ever but i mean it was it's, it's so that's why it's so interesting especially as we kind of so okay we're talking about the invention of the actual bikini and then from that point on kind mm-hmm. of the bikini more or less was was around and but it still has always engendered this debate especially as you got into feminism and Mm. still today it definitely stirs up this debate um but for me i think what it comes down to is one more than one of the authors of articles and blog posts we read pointed out it's not about the item of clothing Mm -hmm. itself it's about the cultural context and the the things that we put on to that item of clothing and the woman wearing it yes um so yeah context is so hugely important something that was downright slutty (laughs) in in the 1820s um is now completely conservative and i think that's what people don't realize or forget so many times when they're saying that something is immodest or Mm. or overly sexual or whatever it's it's so culturally Relative. creative yes. yeah yes. or created i should mm-hmm. say Absolutely. and even in cultures around the modern world today yes. Yes. you know yes. um very ideas so. of modesty very insanely so yes absolutely absolutely uh, all right so what happens next let's see so it's debut. Oh, oh. oh you want to add i because I, I love this yes. detail about so haim and riard kind of had a bit of a battle going on in those year or two over who's um, tiny swimsuit would win out <laughs> and it's worth pointing out that um rayard's version the kind of string bikini that oh, yes. we were talking I about is actually small it is smaller so heim hired skywriters in the mediterranean uh <laughs> to advertise his at home bathing suit as the world's smallest bathing suit and then three weeks later riard hired skywriters in the french riviera <laughs> to broadcast the fact that the bikini was smaller than the smallest bathing suit in the world, <laughs> which is great marketing. Oh, and then the other thing that he do you want to, I the quote? Yeah, yeah. The, so ahead, then ahead. Riard comes up with this quote, which is great, like marketing tagline that he states: "It's not a bikini unless it can be pulled through a wedding ring." 
<laughs> which which sounds like a terrible juxtaposition of like yeah. marriage and, and yeah. scandal and cheating and bikinis. <laughs> it, just, it just seems like this big mess of like you have to take off your wedding ring to put the bikini through. You have to take the bikini off to put it oh, through the wedding ring. I hadn't considered that. Okay, oh, very... so we're right back to the like wow. Greco-Roman prostitutes <laughs> exercising yeah. in bikinis. <laughs> bikinis and scandal just hand in hand <laughs> they go through, together through time. Yes. Yep. Um, so beaches in the 1950s in Europe and the Mediterranean were banning bikinis. Um, many Catholic countries around the world were banning them. Um, and even the Miss World pageant had banned bikinis from taking place. And I'd like to point out, uh, I, I, we, I realized we forgot to mention it earlier, that there were actually paid censors who were sometimes police officers or, or just sort of like para-officers would patrol beaches with measuring tapes and literally measure women. And if you had more than six inches showing between the hem of your bathing suit and your, your knees, knee, right? yeah. you were, I don't know, kicked off the beach or made to put something on. So like Which women are literally totally discriminatory on taller women. Right, right. I know that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking of you. I'm very tall, and I thought, oh my god, I would have to wear like a like I don't know shorts or something. I would have to put something on over top because probably no bathing suit at the time would meet that qualification for me. So this is completely discriminatory against us tall folk. But uh, but you you know, women's bodies are literally being policed on beaches at this time. So um, they're banning bikinis from beaches and. However, Rayard found a lot of popularity because he got more than 50,000 fan letters supporting this this bathing suit design, even though it's being legally banned. Um, so women are still very interested, even though yeah. the laws aren't uh, necessarily Although, supportive. Uh, many articles that we read pointed out the fact that Rayard was, even though he kind of won out um, his design and his name mm. stuck, clearly the bikini stuck, um, he was kind of ahead of his time because the bikini, it... it definitely took off kind of among avant-garde circles and European high-class women. Mm. It took off there and they were wearing it, but it didn't take off uh, at first among the general population, um, especially in the U.S. Um, and for like 15 years. It took a while. Yeah. Yes. It wasn't until the 60s that people actually started like most people became more okay with the bikini and it started you know american teenagers and you know the beach boys and that right. stupid song right. the itsy witsy or whatever yeah. it is yes. the yellow yes. bikini <laughs> song that got stuck yes. in my head researching for this and i do not want it back in there so i'm not gonna seems dwell very, on that seems but, very appropriate yeah <laughs> yes but yes. before the 60s before it did actually kind of take off it was of course still a thing and some people were still wearing it um and in uh you know people had things to say about it yes. disapproving things to say about it so a couple of those i really like in 1950 uh american swimsuit mogul fred cole of cole of california i like his proclamation that he scorned bikinis he didn't think they were at all worth any attention because they had been designed for diminutive Gallic women. Gallic. For, apparently French girls had short legs and so they needed <laughs> the help of the scandalous high cut bikini to show off, you know, or to make their legs look longer. Mm, interesting. Uh, so that was his take on it. And then in 1957, a magazine called The Modern Girl wrote that it is unthinkable that a decent girl with tact would ever wear such a thing. I came across that quote to too. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. And then like three years later, everybody's wearing yes. it. <laughs> yes. And the, there was also a quote of a, an American, I think she was a pageant beauty queen going across to uh, France visiting and saying, well, these are okay for French 
girls and women, but yeah. you know, American girls, I really don't approve them the wearing most it. Most condescending backhanded <laughs> thing I'd ever heard. Uh, <laughs> why would this be okay for French women? This is not right for, for American her. women. Yes. Sleazy French women. <laughs> so in 1957, um, there was quite a stir in the media when Bridget Bardot, mm. so well-known actress, uh, wore a bikini all over the Cannes Festival or Cannes Festival. Uh, she was wearing it on basically every beach in the south of France. Wasn't it like a deliberate marketing play that I she was so. photographed wearing a bikini on right. every beach <laughs> yeah, it seemed a little too specific to just be her driving yeah, around no, to every she was beach doing that right yeah. right so it's sort of a publicity stunt I yeah guess. and uh and celebrities like marilyn monroe and uh esther williams in the u.s were wearing them but again the, they're sort of the cutting edge and, mm-hmm. and pushing the boundaries and causing scandal so like you said it took a while before the general public were were accepting this and actually there's there's a moment in um the show mad men if any of our listeners watch mad men where um the wife of the main character comes home and she's bought a bikini at a a sort of a private fashion show that they had at their club and she comes home wearing it and models it for him and he is very upset and and demands that she take it off and demands that she return it and says no wife of mine will be wearing that on the beach and is damn it don draper damn it don (laughs) (laughs) yeah so she's all upset and uh yeah so it's just the attitudes were not accepting until until a bit later but again as you say it's um you know, as more stars were seen wearing them, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of push the envelope and then eventually it you, people tend to follow. Right. So yeah, by the early 60s, sorry, uh, mm-hmm. it was definitely starting to take off. And you had particularly particular examples like Ursula Andress in, mm-hmm. um, she was a Bond girl in Dr. No in 1962. And she wore this white belted bikini um, and it caused quite a stir and it was, you know, on, posters all over <laughs> teenage boys bedrooms across the u.s um and the world i imagine and then um a little i mean later after the bikini had really taken off and another kind of classic example of a bombshell in a bikini is raquel welch in 1966 wore a deerskin bikini <laughs> in the movie one million years bc which apparently nobody cares so much about the movie but that image and i've seen it yes. you know quite a lot of uh, her in that kind of raggedy bikini like loin skin yeah yes. with still she's her hairstyle is totally 60s <laughs> i didn't know that they wore like beehives in one million years PC. nor did i Isn't that fascinating <laughs> you learn something new every day spray <laughs> yeah i yes. love that like the 50s and 60s whenever they did historical ep- epics sorry um the like hair and makeup was so <laughs> so modern <laughs> it's like early star trek aliens yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, all the women are wearing 1960s hair and makeup it's <laughs> yeah. just yeah that's great. This is a this is a galactic trend, not just an <laughs> Earth trend. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, and by 1962, uh, Playboy has the first bikini on their cover. So it's, it's taken off. Yes, yeah. it's going mainstream. So, I mean, really, just in a few years, yep. it had gone from something that existed for like 15 years, but mm-hmm. not many people were wearing, to just it just took off. And by 1965, uh, a woman told Time Magazine that it was almost square to not wear a bikini whoa yeah so but yeah by the mid 60s it was the thing everybody was wearing them consider the norm absolutely i like that that. you mentioned the uh beach boys earlier and the movie in 1963 beach party really popularized i mean beach culture was becoming more of of a oh surfing trend yes in american culture at this time so it makes sense that the rise of the bikini kind of mirrors the rise of that beach culture and beach boys and their songs and uh like surf culture Mm -hmm. so it very much goes mainstream and the uh, in 1964 sports illustrated 
has their first ever swimsuit edition, uh, which contains some bikinis. So there you go. You're seeing it everywhere. Yeah. And of course, I mean, since the 60s, the bikini has never gone away. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, of course, it changes from decade to decade, Mm -hmm. the kind of the style of it. Um, As we mentioned in the 80s, I think is when you start seeing string bikinis again. Yes. Like the original bikini, (laughs) funnily (laughs) enough. In 83, Carrie Fisher wears the gold metallic bikini. And of course caused quite a splash splash, in Star Wars and um, Return of the Jedi. Yes. Um, And it's interesting that that, it was interesting to read uh, more than one article, especially in this, in the last few months, there's Mm. been a lot of talk again of course of star wars with the with the new movie having just been released and the idea you know a lot of discussion over Mm -hmm. feminism and those movies and princess leia and whether or not she's a feminist icon i think she is personally i'm a big fan um but there's a lot of controversy over this costume this gold bikini because it it's kind of taken on a life of its own that it's become now it's like almost a cliche for somebody to to do slave leia as they call it (laughs) at a at a comic-con or a uh, convention and um it's 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 the one article that we read that i thought that's very interesting the author pointed out that that outfit and that image of her in that outfit has really it's just been completely taken out of the context of Mm. the film and it's just seen as this sex symbol kind of a thing and that's how it's generally portrayed but when you take it back to the context of the movie and you start looking into how it was portrayed i mean first of all this was something that she was forced into by this horrible character Jabba Uh the Hutt so anybody who's who's liking this image of her has to be kind of whether they're doing it consciously or not confronted with the idea that they're kind of aligning themselves with this horrible you know disgusting character that you're kind of forcing her into this sexy role you're kind of complicit with the Jabba if you're exactly admiring this exactly and then of course uh one of my favorite Mm. bits of any of the movies is later on when she um she strangles Jabba with the the chains that have bound (laughs) her literally which is just so great (laughs) I think you know sometimes that costume that that whole look the slave Mm -hmm. Leia thing is just taken out of the context so it was intended to degrade so right yeah but it's more complicated that when you look back at the movie and you bring it back to what was actually meant by it so I think it's it's just it's an interesting example of how divisive and complex Mm. our associations with bikinis have become and the debate over whether or not the bikini is a feminist thing Mm, and some people say that it is and some people say that it isn't right um and that kind of brings us to very recently um some controversy over a video that went viral in 2013 and it's a talk by jessica ray who um she's a swimsuit designer and i guess she was an actress before that apparently she was in uh, power rangers oh interesting i thought that was interesting too so but now she's you know a business owner and um she designs these simply adorable swimsuits they're wonderful yeah Yeah, they're really cute cute. yeah one pieces in a kind of a retro style bright Mm -hmm. colors and a lot of polka dots and ruching and that kind of thing and uh we we were very much admiring the swimsuits, but we were discussing before we don't necessarily agree with her philosophy because mm-hmm. this this video this is about nine minutes long and I would recommend watching it. it's very interesting it's called mm-hmm. the evolution of the swimsuit and she does talk about the history of bathing suits and covers a lot of the ground that we've just covered um, and then gets up to the bikini and the whole thing there 
and talks about her own decision to stop wearing bikinis out of a concern for wanting to get back to modesty mm. and her idea of modesty. And she cites these studies, which there's some debate over, you know, is she misquoting these studies or what? But supposedly there were a couple of studies out of, I think one was out of Princeton talking about, you know, men viewing women, scantily clad women and women in bikinis saw them like they did brain scans and like supposedly they were seeing them as objects rather mm. than as human beings. Um, whereas when they were shown images of uh, modestly dressed, whatever your definition of that is, mm. uh, women, they did not, their, their brains did not light up in the same way. Mm. Um, so her uh, conclusion from that was that she should, and women in general should dress modestly, um, I guess, so that they're not, I mean, she, she did phrase it as like, you know, women getting power from not being seen as sexual objects, mm. but many critics, I think rightfully have pointed mm. out that this just puts it all back on women again. You're right. not, you're not saying, well, shouldn't a man or anybody else <laughs> be looking at another human being, no matter what they're wearing right. as a human, a human being. Right. Right. Um, and that's not on the person being viewed to change, you know, how they're right. dressing. And it's again, women manipulating themselves and their bodies to, to adjust to the male gaze. Exactly. You know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, still here we are, right. um, having this, having this, discussion. this discussion right. and it goes back to what we were kind of talking about a little bit ago yes. about the fact that it's so contextual and right. what something that was scandalous a long time ago, you know, may not be now. And so you got to think if, you know, if somebody sees something scandalous now in another hundred years, who knows, <laughs> who knows? What, right. what will be scandalous right. and what won't be. Right. We might be all just fine with nude swimming, yeah. which really would be the most freeing of all <laughs> options. It really would. <laughs> or perhaps we'll go back to those long bathing gowns. Dear, I certainly hope not. <laughs> the world is in a sad state if that's what we're back to in another hundred years. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, very nice. So, I don't think I have anything else. Did you have anything yeah, else no, you wanted to mention? You covered it very well. At the all end. right. Awesome. Well, there you go. That's bikinis mm -hmm. or basically as we have clearly demonstrated the history of women's swimwear, swimwear yes. in general. Um, so once again, we'll say that we will be posting all of our resources for this episode along with the podcast. Um, if you have any comments or questions, please don't have hesitate to email us. You can find all of our contact information on the website and along with this podcast as well. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Okay. Please be as positive as possible, but we are willing to entertain. <laughs> of course. Pause or um, what's the word? Constructive. Constru constructive constructive discussion. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. We can take it. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time, I'm Dana. And I'm Heather. Thanks and for listening. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye.